The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information on how to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Gordon Mackenzie. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Book 3 Song of Myself. 27. To be in any form, what is that? Round and round we go, all of us, and ever come back thither. If nothing lay more developed, the quahog and its callous shell were enough. Mine is no callous shell. I have instant conductors all over me. Whether I pass or stop, they seize every object and lead it harmlessly through me. I merely stir, press, feel with my fingers, and am happy. To touch my person to someone else's is about as much as I can stand. 28. Is this then a touch, quivering me to a new identity, flames and ether making a rush for my veins? treacherous tip of me reaching and crowding to help them, my flesh and blood playing out lightning to strike what is hardly different from myself, on all sides prurient provokers stiffening my limbs, straining the udder of my heart with its withheld drip, behaving licentious toward me, taking no denial depriving me of my best as for a purpose, unbuttoning my clothes, holding me by the bare waist, deluding my confusion with the calm of the sunlight and pasture fields, immodestly sliding the fellow senses away. They bribed to swap off with touch and go, and graze at the edges of me. No consideration, no regard for my draining strength or my anger, fetching the rest of the herd around to enjoy them a while, then all uniting to stand on a headland and worry me. The sentries desert every other part of me. They have left me helpless to a red marauder. They all come to the headland to witness and assist against me. 
I am given up by traitors. I talk wildly, I have lost my wits. I and nobody else am the greatest traitor. I went myself first to the headland. My own hands carried me there. You villain touch, what are you doing? My breath is tight in its throat. Unclench your floodgates. You are too much for me. 29. Blind, loving, wrestling touch, sheathed, hooded, sharp-toothed touch. Did it make you ache so, leaving me? Parting tracked by arriving, perpetual payment of perpetual loan, rich, showering rain, and recompense richer afterward. Sprouts take and accumulate, stand by the curb prolific and vital, landscapes projected masculine, full-sized and golden. 30. All truths wait in all things. They neither hasten their own delivery nor resist it. They do not need the obstetric forceps of the surgeon. The insignificant is as big to me as any. What is less or more than a touch? Logic and sermons never convince. The damp of the night drives deeper into my soul. Only what proves itself to every man and woman is so. Only what nobody denies is so. A minute and a drop of me settle my brain. I believe the soggy clods shall become lovers and lamps, and a compend of compends is the meat of a man or woman, and a summit and flower there is the feeling they have for each other, and they are to branch boundlessly out of that lesson until it becomes omnific, and until one and all shall delight us, and we them. 31. I believe a leaf of grass is no less than the journey work of the stars, and the pismire is equally perfect and a grain of sand, and the egg of the wren, and the tree-toad is a chef d'oeuvre for the highest, and the running blackberry would adorn the parlors of heaven, and the narrowest hinge in my hand puts to scorn all machinery, and the cow, crunching with depressed head, surpasses any statue, and a mouse is a miracle enough to stagger sextillions of infidels. I find I incorporate nice, coal, long-threaded moss, fruits, grains, esculent roots, and am stuccoed with quadrupeds and birds all over, and have distanced what is behind me for good reasons. 
but call anything back again when I desire it. In vain the speeding or shyness, in vain the plutonic rocks send their old heat against my approach, in vain the mastodon retreats beneath its own powdered bones, in vain objects stand leagues off and assume manifold shapes, in vain the ocean settling in hollows and the great monsters lying low, in vain the buzzard houses herself with the sky, in vain the snake slides through the creepers and logs, in vain the elk takes to the inner passes of the woods, in vain the razor-billed auk sails far north to Labrador. I follow quickly, I ascend to the nest in the fissure of the cliff. 32. I think I could turn and live with animals. They are so placid and self-contained. I stand and look at them long and long. They do not sweat and whine about their condition. They do not lie awake in the dark and weep for their sins. They do not make me sick discussing their duty to God. Not one is dissatisfied. Not one is demented with the mania of owning things. Not one kneels to another, nor to his kind that lived thousands of years ago. Not one is respectable or unhappy over the whole earth. So they show their relations to me, and I accept them. They bring me tokens of myself. They evince them plainly in their possession. I wonder where they get those tokens. Did I pass that way huge times ago and negligently drop them? Myself moving forward then and now and forever, gathering and showing more always and with velocity, infinite and omnigenous, and the like of these among them, not too exclusive toward the reachers of my remembrancers, picking out here one that I love, and now go with him on brotherly terms. A gigantic beauty of a stallion, fresh and responsive to my caresses, head high in the forehead, wide between the ears, limbs glossy and supple, tail dusting the ground, eyes full of sparkling wickedness, ears finely cut, flexibly moving. His nostrils dilate as my heels embrace him. His well-built limbs tremble with pleasure as we race around and return. I but use you a minute, then I resign you, stallion. Why do I need your paces, when I myself outgallop them, even as I stand or sit, passing faster than you? 33. Space and Time Now I see it is true, what I guessed at, what I guessed when I 
loafed on the grass, what I guessed while I lay alone in my bed, and again as I walked the beach under the paling stars of the morning. My ties and ballasts leave me, my elbows rest in sea-gaps. I skirt sierras, my palms cover continents. I am afoot with my vision. By the city's quadrangular houses, in log huts, camping with lumbermen along the ruts of the turnpike, along the dry gulch and rivulet bed, weeding my onion patch, or hosing rows of carrots and parsnips, crossing savannas, trailing in forests, prospecting gold-digging, girdling the trees of a new purchase, scorched ankle-deep by the hot sand, hauling my boat down the shallow river, where the panther walks to and fro on a limb overhead, where the buck turns furiously at the hunter, where the rattlesnake suns his flabby length on a rock, where the otter is feeding on fish, where the alligator in his tough pimples sleeps by the bayou, where the black bear is searching for roots or honey, where the beaver pats the mud with his paddle-shaped tail, over the growing sugar, over the yellow-flowered cotton plant, over the rice in its low, moist field, over the sharp-peaked farmhouse, with its scalloped scum and slender shoots from the gutters, over the western persimmon, over the long-leaved corn, over the delicate blue flower of flax, over the white and brown of buckwheat, a hummer and buzzer there with the rest, over the dusky green of the rye as it ripples and shades in the breeze, scaling mountains, pulling myself cautiously up, holding on by low, scragged limbs, walking the path worn in the grass, and beat through the leaves of the brush, where the quail is whistling betwixt the woods and the wheat-lot, where the bat flies in the seventh month's eve, where the great gold-bug drops through the dark, where the brook puts out of the roots of the old tree and flows to the meadow, where cattle stand and shake away flies with the tremulous shuddering of their hides, where the cheesecloth hangs in the kitchen, where andirons straddle the hearth-slab, where cobwebs fall in festoons from the rafters, where trip-hammers crash, where the press is whirling its cylinders, wherever the human heart beats with terrible throes under its ribs, where the pear-shaped balloon is floating aloft, floating in it myself and looking composedly down, where the life-car is drawn on the slip-noose, where the heat hatches pale green eggs in the dented sand, where the she-whale swims with her calf and never forsakes it, where the steam-ship 
trails hindways its long pennant of smoke, where the fin of the shark cuts like a black chip out of the water, where the half-burned brig is riding on unknown currents, where shells grow to her slimy deck, where the death are corrupting below, where the dense starred flag is borne at the head of the regiments, approaching Manhattan, up by the long stretching island, under Niagara, the cataract falling like a veil over my countenance, upon a doorstep, upon the horse block of hard wood outside, upon the race course, or enjoying picnics or jigs or a good game of baseball, at he-festivals with blackguard jibes, ironical license, bull-dances, drinking laughter, at the cider-mill, tasting the sweets of the brown mash, sucking the juice through a straw, at apple-peelings, wanting kisses for all the red fruit I find, at musters, beach-parties, friendly bees, huskings, house-raisings, where the mocking-bird sounds his delicious gurgles, cackles, screams, weeps, where the hay-rick stands in the barnyard, where the dry stalks are scattered, where the brood-cow waits in the hovel, where the bull advances to do his masculine work, where the stud to the mare where the cock is treading the hen, where the heifers browse, where geese nip their food with short jerks, where sundown shadows lengthen over the limitless and lonesome prairie, where herds of buffalo make a crawling spread of the square miles far and near, where the hummingbird shimmers where the neck of the long-lived swan is curving and winding, where the laughing gull scoots by the shore, where she laughs her near-human laugh, where beehives range on a gray bench in the garden half-hid by the high weeds, where band-necked partridges roost in a ring on the ground with their heads out, where burial coaches enter the arched gates of a cemetery, where winter wolves bark amid wastes of snow and icicled trees, where the yellow-crowned heron comes to the edge of the marsh at night and feeds upon small crabs, where the splash of swimmers and divers cools the warm noon, where the katydid works her chromatic reed on the walnut-tree over the well, through patches of citrons and cucumbers with silver-wired leaves, through the salt-lick or orange-glade, or under conical firs, through the gymnasium, through the curtained saloon, through the office or public hall, Pleased with the native, and pleased with the foreign, Pleased with the new and old, Pleased with the homely woman, 
as well as the handsome, pleased with the Quakeress as she puts off her bonnet and talks melodiously, pleased with the tune of the choir of the whitewashed church, pleased with the earnest words of the sweating Methodist preacher, impressed seriously at the camp meeting, looking in at the shop windows of Broadway the whole forenoon, flatting the flesh of my nose on the thick plate glass, wandering the same afternoon with my face turned up to the clouds, or down a lane or along the beach, my right and left arms round the sides of two friends, and I in the middle, coming home with a silent and dark-cheeked bush-boy. Behind me he rides at the drape of the day. Far from the settlements, studying the print of animals' feet, or the moccasin print, by the cot in the hospital, reaching lemonade to a feverish patient. Nigh the coffined corpse, when all is still, examining with a candle, voyaging to every port to dicker and adventure, hurrying with the modern crowd as eager and fickle as any, hot toward one I hate, ready in my madness to knife him, solitary at midnight, in my backyard, my thoughts gone from me a long while, walking the old hills of Judea, with the beautiful gentle God by my side, speeding through space, speeding through heaven and the stars, speeding amid the seven satellites and the broad ring and the diameter of eighty thousand miles, speeding with tailed meteors, throwing fireballs like the rest, carrying the crescent child that carries its own mother in its belly, storming, enjoying, planning, loving, cautioning, backing and filling, appearing and disappearing. I tread day and night such roads. I visit the orchards of spheres and look at the product, and look at quintillions ripened, and look at quintillions green. I fly those flights of a fluid and swallowing soul. My course runs below the soundings of plummets. I help myself to material and immaterial. No guard can shut me off, no law prevent me. I anchor my ship for a little while only. My messengers continually cruise away or bring their returns to me. I go hunting polar furs in the seal, leaping chasms with a pike-pointed staff, clinging to topples of brittle and blue. I ascend to the fore-truck. I take my place late at night in the crow's nest. We sail the Arctic Sea. It is plenty light enough. Through the clear atmosphere I stretch around on the wonderful beauty. The enormous masses of ice pass me 
and I pass them. The scenery is plain in all directions. The white-topped mountains show in the distance. I fling out my fancies toward them. We are approaching some great battlefield in which we are soon to be engaged. We pass the colossal outposts of the encampment. We pass with still feet and caution. Or we are entering by the suburbs some vast and ruined city. The blocks and fallen architecture more than all the living cities of the globe. I am a free companion. I bivouac by invading watchfires. I turn the bridegroom out of bed and stay with the bride myself. I tighten her all night to my thighs and lips. My voice is the wife's voice. The screech by the rail of the stairs. They fetch my man's body up, dripping and drowned. I understand the large hearts of heroes, the courage of present times and all times. How the skipper saw the crowded and rudderless wreck of the steamship and death chasing it up and down the storm. How he knuckled tight, and gave not back an inch, and was faithful of days and faithful of nights, and chalked in large letters on a board, Be of good cheer, we will not desert you. How he followed with them, and tacked with them three days, and would not give it up. How he saved the drifting company at last. How the lank, loose-gowned women looked when boated from the side of their prepared graves. How the silent, old-faced infants, and the lifted sick, and the sharp-lipped, unshaven men. All this I swallow. It tastes good. I like it well. It becomes mine. I am the man. I suffered, I was there. The disdain and calmness of martyrs. The mother of old, condemned for a witch, burnt like dry wood, her children gazing on. The hounded slave that flags in the race, leans by the fence blowing, covered with sweat, the twinges that sting like needles his legs and neck, the murderous buckshot, and the bullets. All these I feel, or am. I am the hounded slave. I wince at the bite of the dogs. Hell and despair are upon me. Crack, and again crack the marksman. I clutch the rails of the fence. My gore dribs, thinned with the ooze of my skin. I fall on the weeds 
and stones. The riders spur their unwilling horses, haul close, taunt my dizzy ears, and beat me violently over the head with whip-stalks. Agonies are one of my changes of garments. I do not ask the wounded person how he feels. I myself become the wounded person. My hurts turn livid upon me as I lean on a cane and observe. I am the mashed fireman with breastbone broken. Tumbling walls buried me in their debris. Heat and smoke I inspired. I heard the yelling shouts of my comrades. I heard the distant click of their picks and shovels. They have cleared the beams away. They tenderly lift me forth. I lie in the night air in my red shirt. The pervading hush is for my sake. Painless after all, I lie exhausted, but not so unhappy. White and beautiful are the faces around me. The heads are bared of their firecaps. The kneeling crowd fades with the light of the torches. Distant and dead resuscitate. They show as the dial or move as the hands of me. I am the clock myself. I am an old artillerist. I tell of my fort's bombardment. I am there again. Again the long roll of the drummers. Again the attacking cannon mortars. Again to my listening ears the cannon responsive. I take part. I see and hear the whole. The cries, curses, roar, the plaudits for well-aimed shots, the ambulanza slowly passing, trailing its red drip, workmen searching after damages, making indispensable repairs, the fall of grenades through the rent roof, the fan-shaped explosion, the whiz of limbs, heads, stone, wood, iron, high in the air. Again gurgles the mouth of my dying general. He furiously waves with his hand. He gasps through the clot. Mind not me. Mind the entrenchments. 34. Now I tell what I knew in Texas in my early youth. I tell not the fall of Alamo. Not one escaped to tell the fall of Alamo. The hundred and fifty are dumb yet at Alamo. Tis the tale of the murder in cold blood of four hundred and twelve young men. 
retreating they had formed in a hollow square with their baggage for breastworks. Nine hundred lives out of the surrounding enemies, nine times their number, was the price they took in advance. Their colonel was wounded, and their ammunition gone. They treated for an honorable capitulation, received writing and seal, gave up their arms, and marched back prisoners of war. They were the glory of the race of rangers, matchless with horse, rifle, song, supper, courtship. Large, turbulent, generous, handsome, proud, and affectionate, bearded, sunburnt, dressed in the free costume of hunters, not a single one over thirty years of age. The second first day morning they were brought out in squads and massacred. It was beautiful early summer. The work commenced about five o'clock and was over by eight. None obeyed the command to kneel. Some made a mad and helpless rush. Some stood stark and straight. A few fell at once shot in the temple or heart. The living and dead lay together. The maimed and mangled dug in the dirt. The newcomers saw them there. Some half-killed attempted to crawl away. These were dispatched with bayonets, or battered with the blunts of muskets. A youth not seventeen years old seized his assassin till two more came to release him. The three were all torn and covered with the boy's blood. At eleven o'clock began the burning of the bodies. That is the tale of the murder of the four hundred and twelve young men. Thirty-five. Would you hear of an old-time sea-fight? Would you learn who won by the light of the moon and stars? Listen to the yarn, as my grandmother's father the sailor told it to me. Our foe was no skulk in his ships, I tell you, said he. His was the surly English pluck, and there is no tougher or truer, and never was, and never will be. Along the lowered eve he came horribly raking us. We closed with him, the yards entangled, the cannon touched, my captain lashed fast with his own hands. We had received some eighteen-pound shots under the water. On our lower gun-deck two large pieces had burst at the first fire, killing all around and blowing up overhead. Fighting at sundown, fighting at dark. Ten o'clock at night, the full moon well up, our leaks on the gain, and five feet of water reported. The master-at-arms loosing the prisoners confined in the aft hold to give them a chance for themselves. The transit to and from the magazine is now stopped by the sentinels. They see so many strange faces they do not know whom to trust. Our frigate takes fire. 
the other asks if we demand quarter, if our colors are struck and the fighting done. Now I laugh content, for I hear the voice of my little captain. We have not struck, he composedly cries. We have just begun our part of the fighting. Only three guns are in use. One is directed by the captain himself against the enemy's mainmast. Two well served with grape and canister silence his musketry and clear his decks. The tops alone second the fire of this little battery, especially the main top. They hold out bravely during the whole of the action. Not a moment's cease. The leaks gain fast on the pumps. The fire eats toward the powder magazine. One of the pumps has been shot away. It is generally thought we are sinking. Serene stands the little captain. He is not hurried. His voice is neither high nor low. His eyes give more light to us than our battle lanterns. Toward twelve, there in the beams of the moon, they surrender to us. 36. Stretched and still lies the midnight, two great hulls motionless on the breast of the darkness. Our vessel riddled and slowly sinking, preparations to pass to the one we have conquered. The captain on the quarter-deck coldly giving his orders, through a countenance white as a sheet. Nearby the corpse of the child that served in the cabin, the dead face of an old salt with long white hair and carefully curled whiskers. The flames, spite of all that can be done, flickering aloft and below, the husky voices of the two or three officers yet fit for duty, formless stacks of bodies and bodies by themselves, dabs of flesh upon the masts and spars, cut of cordage, dangle of rigging, slight shock of the soothe of waves, black and impassive guns, litter of powder parcels, strong scent, a few large stars overhead, silent and mournful shining, delicate sniffs of sea-breeze, smells of sedgy grass and fields by the shore, death messages given in charge to survivors, the hiss of the surgeon's knife, the gnawing teeth of his saw, wheeze, cluck, swash of falling blood, short wild scream, and long, dull, tapering groan. These so, these irretrievable. 37. You laggards there on guard, look to your arms. In at the conquered doors they crowd. I am possessed. Embody all presences outlawed or suffering. See myself in prison, shaped like another man, and feel the dull, unintermitted pain. 
For me the keepers of convicts shoulder their carbines and keep watch. It is I let out in the morning, and barred at night. Not a mutineer walks handcuffed to jail, but I am handcuffed to him and walk by his side. I am less the jolly one there, and more the silent one, with sweat on my twitching lips. Not a youngster is taken for larceny, but I go up too, and am tried and sentenced. Not a cholera patient lies at the last gasp, but I also lie at the last gasp. My face is ash-colored, my sinews gnarl. Away from me people retreat. Askers embody themselves in me, and I am embodied in them. I project my hat, sit shamefaced, and beg. 38. Enough! 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 Somehow I have been stunned. Stand back. Give me a little time beyond my cuffed head, slumbers, dreams, gaping. I discover myself on the verge of a usual mistake, that I could forget the mockers and insults. That I could forget the trickling tears and the blows of the bludgeons and hammers, that I could look with a separate look on my own crucifixion and bloody crowning. I remember now. I resume the overstayed fraction. The grave of rock multiplies what has been confided to it, or to any graves. Corpses rise, gashes heal, fastenings roll from me. I troop forth, replenished, with supreme power, one of an average unending procession. Inland and seacoast we go, and pass all boundary lines, our swift ordinances on their way over the whole earth. The blossoms we wear in our hats, the growth of thousands of years. Eleves, I salute you. Come forward. Continue your annotations. Continue your questionings. 39. The friendly and flowing savage. Who is he? Is he waiting for civilization? or past it, and mastering it? Is he some southwesterner raised outdoors? Is he Canadian? Is he from the Mississippi country, Iowa, Oregon, California, the mountains, prairie life, bush life, or sailor from the sea? Wherever he goes, men and women accept and desire him. They desire he should like them touch them, speak to them, stay with them. Behavior lawless as snowflakes, words simple as grass, uncombed head, laughter, and naivete, slow-stepping feet, common features, 
common modes and emanations. They descend in new forms from the tips of his fingers. They are wafted with the odor of his body or breath. They fly out of the glance of his eyes. 40. Flaunt of the sunshine, I need not your bask. Lie over. You light surfaces only. I force surfaces and depths also. Earth, you seem to look for something at my hands. Say, old topknot, what do you want? Man or woman? I might tell how I like you, but cannot, and might tell what it is in me, and what it is in you, but cannot, and might tell that pining I have, that pulse of my nights and days. Behold, I do not give lectures or a little charity. When I give, I give myself. You there, impotent, loose in the knees. Open your scarfed chops till I blow grit within you. Spread your palms and lift the flaps of your pockets. I am not to be denied. I compel. I have stores plenty and to spare. And anything I have, I bestow. I do not ask who you are. That is not important to me. You can do nothing and be nothing. But what I will enfold you. To cotton-field drudge or cleaner of privies I lean. On his right cheek I put the family kiss, And in my soul I swear I never will deny him. On women fit for conception I start bigger and nimbler babes. This day I am jetting the stuff of far more arrogant republics. To anyone dying, thither I speed, and twist the knob of the door, turn the bedclothes toward the foot of the bed, let the physician and priest go home. I seize the descending man, and raise him with resistless will. O oh, despairer, here is my neck, by God you shall not go down. Hang your whole weight upon me. I dilate you with tremendous breath. I buoy you up. Every room of the house do I fill with an armed force. Lovers of me, bafflers of graves. Sleep. I and they keep guard all night. Not doubt, not decease, shall dare to lay finger upon you. I have embraced you, and henceforth possess you to myself. And when you rise in the morning, you will find what I tell you is so. End of 40 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain.
or more information on how to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Gordon Mackenzie. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Book Three Song of Myself. Forty One. I am he bringing help for the sick as they pant on their backs, and for strong upright men I bring yet more needed help. I heard what was said of the universe, heard it and heard it of several thousand years. It is middling well as far as it goes, but is that all? Magnifying and applying come I outbidding at the start of the old cautious hucksters, taking myself the exact dimensions of Jehovah, lithographing Kronos, Zeus his son, and Hercules his grandson, buying drafts of Osiris, Isis, Belus, Brahma, Buddha, in my portfolio placing Manitou loose, Allah on a leaf. The crucifix engraved, with Odin and the hideous-faced Mixitli, and every idol and image, taking them all for what they are worth and not a cent more, admitting they were alive, and did the work of their days. They bore mites as for unfledged birds who have now to rise and fly and sing for themselves accepting the rough deific sketches to fill out better in myself, bestowing them freely on each man and woman I see, discovering as much or more in a framer framing a house, putting higher claims for him there with his rolled-up sleeves, driving the mallet and chisel, not objecting to special revelations considering a curl of smoke or a hair on the back of my hand just as curious as any revelation. Lads a hold of fire-engines and hook-and-ladder ropes no less to me than the gods of the antique wars, minding their voices peal through the crash of destruction, their brawny limbs passing safe over charred lathes, their white foreheads whole and unhurt out of the flames. By the mechanic's wife with her babe at her nipple, interceding for every person born. Three scythes at harvest whizzing in a row from three lusty angels with shirts bagged out at their waists. The snag-toothed hostler with red hair, redeeming sins past and to come. Selling all he possesses, Travelling on foot to fee lawyers for his brother, And sit by him while he is tried for forgery. What was strewn in the amplest strewing the square rod about me, And not filling the square rod then? The bull and the bug never worshipped half enough, Dung and dirt more admirable than was dreamed, The supernatural of no account myself waiting my time to be one of the supremes. The day getting ready for me when I shall do as much good as the best, 
and be as prodigious. By my life lumps, becoming already a creator, putting myself here and now to the ambushed womb of the shadows. 42. A call in the midst of the crowd, my own voice, orotund, sweeping, and final. Come, my children, come, my boys and girls, my women, household and intimates. Now the performer launches his nerve, he has passed his prelude on the reeds within. Easily written loose-fingered chords, I feel the thrum of your climax and close. My head slews round on my neck, music rolls, but not from the organ. Folks are around me, but they are no household of mine. Ever the hard unsunk ground, ever the eaters and drinkers, ever the upward and downward sun, ever the air and the ceaseless tides. Ever myself and my neighbors, refreshing, wicked, real, ever the old inexplicable query, ever that thorned thumb, that breath of itches and thirsts, ever the vexers hoot, hoot, till we find where the sly one hides and bring him forth, ever love ever the sobbing liquid of life, ever the bandage under the chin, ever the trestles of death. Here and there with dimes on the eyes walking, to feed the greed of the belly the brains liberally spooning, tickets buying, taking, selling, but into the feast never once going, many sweating, plowing, thrashing, and then the chaff for payment receiving, a few idly owning, and they the wheat continually claiming. This is the city, and I am one of the citizens. Whatever interests the rest interests me. Politics, wars, markets, newspapers, schools, the mayor and councils, banks, tariffs, steamships, factories, stocks, stores, real estate, and personal estate. The little plentiful mannequins, skipping around in collars and tailed coats, I am aware who they are. They are positively not worms or fleas. I acknowledge the duplicates of myself. The weakest and shallowest is deathless with me. What I do and say the same awaits for them. Every thought that flounders in me, the same flounders in them. I know perfectly well my own egotism, know my omnivorous lines, and must not write any less, and would fetch you, whoever you are, flush with myself. Not words of routine, this song of mine, but abruptly to question, to leap beyond yet nearer bring. This printed and bound book, but the printer and the printing office boy? The well-taken photographs, 
but your wife or friend close and solid in your arms. The black ship mailed with iron, her mighty guns in her turrets, but the pluck of the captain and engineers. In the houses, the dishes and fare and furniture, but the host and hostess and the look out of their eyes. The sky up there, yet here or next door or across the way, the saints and sages in history, but you yourself? Sermons, creeds, theology, but the fathomless human brain. And what is reason? And what is love? And what is life? 43. I do not despise you priests. All time the world over, my faith is the greatest of faiths, and the least of faiths, enclosing worship ancient and modern and all between ancient and modern, believing I shall come again upon the earth after five thousand years, waiting responses from oracles, honoring the gods, saluting the sun, making a fetish of the first rock or stump, pow-wowing with sticks in the circle of Obus, helping the lama or brahmin as he trims the lamps of the idols, dancing yet through the streets in a phallic procession, wrapped and austere in the woods, a gymnosophist, drinking mead from the skull-cap, to Shastas and Vedas, admirant, minding the Koran, walking the Teocallus, spotted with gore from the stone and knife, beating the serpent-skin drum, accepting the Gospels, accepting him that was crucified, knowing assuredly that he is divine, to the mass kneeling, or the Puritan's prayer rising, or sitting patiently in a pew, ranting and frothing in my insane crisis, or waiting dead-like till my spirit arouses me, looking forth on pavement and land, or outside of pavement and land, belonging to the winders of the circuit of circuits. One of that centripetal and centrifugal gang, I turn and talk like man leaving charges before a journey. Downhearted doubters, dull and excluded, frivolous, sullen, moping, angry, affected, disheartened, atheistical, I know every one of you. I know the sea of torment, doubt, despair, and unbelief. How the flukes splash! How they contort rapid as lightning with spasms and spouts of blood! Be at peace, bloody flukes of doubters and sullen mopers. I take my place among you as much as among any. The past is the push of you, me all precisely the same. And what is yet untried and afterward is for you, me all, precisely the same. 
I do not know what is untried and afterward, but I know it will in its turn prove sufficient and cannot fail. Each who passes is considered, each who stops is considered, not single one can it fall. It cannot fall the young man who died and was buried, nor the young woman who died and was put by his side, nor the little child that peeped in at the door and then drew back and was never seen again, nor the old man who has lived without purpose and feels it with bitterness worse than gall, nor him in the poor-house, tuberculed by rum and the bad disorder, nor the numberless slaughtered and wrecked, nor the brutish kobu called the ordure of humanity, nor the sacks merely floating with open mouths for food to slip in, nor anything in the earth, or down in the oldest graves of the earth, nor anything in the myriads of spheres, nor the myriads of myriads that inhabit them, nor the present, nor the least wisp that is known. 44. It is time to explain myself. Let us stand up. What is known I strip away. I launch all men and women forward with me into the unknown. The clock indicates the moment. But what does eternity indicate? We have thus far exhausted trillions of winters and summers. There are trillions ahead and trillions ahead of them. Births have brought us richness and variety, and other births will bring us richness and variety. I do not call one greater and one smaller. That which fills its period and place is equal to any. Were mankind murderous, or jealous upon you, my brother, my sister? I am sorry for you. They are not murderous or jealous upon me. All has been gentle with me. I keep no account with lamentation. What have I to do with lamentation? I am an acme of things accomplished, and I an encloser of things to be. My feet strike an apex of the apices of the stairs. On every step, bunches of ages and larger bunches between the steps, all below duly travelled, and still I mount and mount. Rise after rise bow the phantoms behind me. Afar down I see the huge first nothing. I know I was even there. I waited, unseen and always, and slept through the lethargic mist, and took my time, and took no hurt from the fetid carbon. Long I was hugged, close, long and long. Immense have been the preparations for me. 
faithful and friendly the arms that have helped me. Cycles ferried my cradle, rowing and rowing like cheerful boatmen. For room to me stars kept aside in their own rings. They sent influences to look after what was to hold me. Before I was born out of my mother, generations guided me. My embryo has never been torpid. Nothing could overlay it. For it the nebula cohered to an orb, the long slow strata piled to rest it on. Vast vegetables gave it sustenance, monstrous soroids transported it in their mouths and deposited it with care. All forces have been steadily employed to complete and delight me. Now on this spot I stand with my robust soul. 45. O oh, span of youth, ever pushed elasticity, O oh, manhood, balanced, florid, and full, My lovers suffocate me, Crowding my lips, thick in the pores of my skin, Jostling me through streets and public halls, Coming naked to me at night crying by day, ahoy, from the rocks of the river, swinging and chirping over my head, calling my name from flower-beds, vines, tangled underbrush, lighting on every moment of my life, bussing my body with soft balsamic buses, noiselessly passing handfuls out of their hearts, and giving them to be mine. Old age, superbly rising, O oh, welcome, ineffable grace of dying days! Every condition promulges not only itself, it promulges what grows after and out of itself, and the dark hush promulges as much as any. I open my scuttle at night, and see the far-sprinkled systems, and all I see multiplied as high as I can cipher edge but the rim of the farther systems. Wider and wider they spread, expanding, always expanding outward and outward and forever outward. My son has his son round him obediently wheels. He joins with his partners a group of superior circuit, and greater sets follow, making specks of the greatest inside them. There is no stoppage, never can be stoppage. If I, you and the worlds and all beneath or upon their surfaces were this moment reduced back to a pallid float. It would not avail the long run. We should surely bring up again where we now stand, and surely go as much farther, and then farther, and farther.
a few quadrillions of eras, a few octillions of cubic leagues. Do not hazard the span or make it impatient. They are but parts. Any thing is but a part. See ever so far. There is limitless space outside of that. Count ever so much. There is limitless time around that. My rendezvous is appointed. It is certain. The Lord will be there, and wait till I come on perfect terms. The great camarado, the lover true, for whom I pine, will be there. 46. I know I have the best of time and space, and was never measured, and never will be measured. I tramp a perpetual journey. Come, listen, all. My signs are a rain-proof coat, good shoes, and a staff cut from the woods. No friend of mine takes his ease in my chair. I have no chair, no church, no philosophy. I lead no man to a dinner-table, library, exchange. But each man, and each woman of you, I lead upon a knoll, my left hand hooking you round the waist, my right hand pointing to landscapes of continents and the public road. Not I, not anyone else can travel that road for you. You must travel it for yourself. It is not far, it is within reach. Perhaps you have been on it since you were born, and did not know. Perhaps it is everywhere, on water and on land. Shoulder your duds, dear son, and I will mine, and let us hasten forth. Wonderful cities and free nations we shall fetch as we go. If you tire, Give me both burdens, and rest the chuff of your hand on my hip, and in due time you shall repay the same service to me, for after we start we never lie by again. This day before dawn I ascended a hill and looked at the crowded heaven, and I said to my spirit, When we become the enfolders of those orbs, and the pleasure and knowledge of everything in them. Shall we be filled and satisfied then? And my spirit said, No. We but level that lift to pass, and continue beyond. You are also asking me questions, and I hear you. I answer that I cannot answer. You must find out for yourself. Sit a while, dear son. Here are biscuits to eat, and here is milk to drink. But as soon as you sleep and renew yourself in sweet clothes, I kiss you with a good-bye kiss, and open the gate of your egress hence. 
Long enough have you dreamed contemptible dreams. Now I wash the gum from your eyes. You must have it yourself to the dazzle of the light and of every moment of your life. Long have you timidly waited, holding a plank by the shore. Now I will you to be a bold swimmer, to jump off in the midst of the sea, rise again, nod to me, shout, and laughingly dash with your hair. 47. I am the teacher of athletes. He that by me spreads a wider breast than my own proves the width of my own. He most honors my style who learns under it to destroy the teacher. The boy I love, the same becomes a man not through derived power, but in his own right, wicked rather than virtuous, out of conformity or fear, fond of his sweetheart, relishing well his stake. Unrequited love, or a slight cutting him worse than sharp steel cuts. First rate to ride, to fight, to hit the bull's eye, to sail a skiff, to sing a song, or play on the banjo, preferring scars and the beard and faces pitted with smallpox over all latherers, and those well tanned to those that keep out of the sun. I teach straying from me. Yet who can stray from me? I follow you, whoever you are, from the present hour. My words itch at your ears till you understand them. I do not say these things for a dollar, or to fill up the time while I wait for a boat. It is you talking just as much as myself. I act as the tongue of you, tied in your mouth. In mine it begins to be loosened. I swear I will never again mention love or death inside a house, and I swear I will never translate myself at all, only to him or her who privately stays with me in the open air. If you would understand me, go to the heights or water-shore. The nearest gnat is an explanation, and a drop or motion of waves key. The maul, the oar, the hand-saw, second my words. No shuttered room or school can commune with me, but roughs and little children better than they. The young mechanic is closest to me. He knows me well. The woodman that takes his axe and jug with him shall take me with him all day. The farm boy ploughing in the field feels good at the sound of my voice. In vessels that sail my words sail. I go with fishermen and seamen and love them. The soldier camped, or upon the march, is mine. On the night, ere the pending battle, many seek me, and I do not fail them. On that solemn night, it may be their last, those that know me 
seek me. My face rubs to the hunter's face when he lies down alone in his blanket. The driver, thinking of me, does not mind the jolt of his wagon. The young mother and old mother comprehend me. The girl and the wife rest the needle a moment and forget where they are. They and all would resume what I have told them. 48. I have said that the soul is not more than the body, and I have said that the body is not more than the soul, and nothing, not God, is greater to one than one's self is, and whoever walks a furlong without sympathy walks to his own funeral dressed in his shroud, and I or you, pocketless of a dime, may purchase the pick of the earth, and to glance with an eye or show a bean in its pod confounds the learning of all times, and there is no trade or employment but the young man following it may become a hero, and there is no object so soft but it makes a hub for the wheeled universe. And I say to any man or woman, Let your soul stand cool and composed before a million universes. And I say to mankind, Be not curious about God, For I who am curious about each am not curious about God. No array of terms can say how much I am at peace about God and about death. I hear and behold God in every object, yet understand God not in the least, nor do I understand who there can be more wonderful than myself. Why should I wish to see God better than this day? I see something of God each hour of the twenty-four, and each moment then, and the faces of men and women. I see God, and in my own face in the glass, I find the letters from God dropped in the street, and every one is signed by God's name, and I leave them where they are. For I know that wheresoe'er I go, others will punctually come, for ever and ever. 49. And as to you, death, and you bitter hug of mortality, it is idle to try to alarm me. To his work without flinching the accoucheur comes. I see the elder hand pressing, receiving, supporting. I recline by the sills of the exquisite flexible doors, and mark the outlet, and mark the relief, and escape. And as to you, corpse, I think you are good manure, but that does not offend me. I smell the white roses 
sweet-scented and growing. I reach to the leafy lips, I reached to the polished breasts of melons. And as to you, life, I reckon you are the leavings of many deaths. No doubt I have died myself ten thousand times before. I hear you whispering there, O stars of heaven, O suns, O grass of graves, O perpetual transfers and promotions. If you do not say anything, how can I say anything? Of the turbid pool that lies in the autumn forest, of the moon that descends the steeps of the soughing twilight. Toss sparkles of day and dusk, toss on the black stems that decay in the muck, toss to the moaning gibberish of the dry limbs. I ascend from the moon, I ascend from the night, I perceive that the ghastly glimmer is noonday sunbeams reflected, and debouch to the steady and central from the offspring, great or small. 50. There is that in me. I do not know what it is, but I know it is in me. Wrenched and sweaty, calm and cool, then my body becomes. I sleep. I sleep long. I do not know it. It is without name. It is a word unsaid. It is not in any dictionary, utterance, symbol. Something it swings on more than earth. I swing on. To it the creation is the friend whose embracing awakes me. Perhaps I might tell more. Outlines. I plead for my brothers and sisters. Do you see, O oh my brothers and sisters? It is not chaos or death. It is form, union plan. It is eternal life. It is happiness. 51. The past and present wilt. I have filled them, emptied them, and proceed to fill my next fold of the future. Listener up there, what have you to confide to me? Look in my face while I snuff the sidle of evening. Talk honestly, no one else hears you, and I stay only a minute longer. Do I contradict myself? Very well, then I contradict myself. I am large, I contain multitudes. I concentrate toward them that are nigh. I wait on the door slab. Who has done his day's work? Who will soonest be through his supper? Who wishes to walk with me? Will you speak before I am gone? 
will you prove already too late. 52. The spotted hawk swoops by and accuses me. He complains of my gab and my loitering. I too am not a bit tamed. I too am untranslatable. I sound my barbaric yawp over the roofs of the world. The last scud of day holds back for me, it flings my likeness after the rest, and true as any on the shadowed wilds, it coaxes me to the vapor and the dusk. I depart as air, I shake my white locks at the runaway sun, I effuse my flesh in eddies and drifted in lacy jags. I bequeath myself to the dirt, to grow from the grass I love. If you want me again, look for me, under your boot soles. You will hardly know who I am or what I mean, but I shall be good health to you, nevertheless, and filter and fiber your blood. Failing to fetch me at first, keep encouraged. Missing me one place, search another. I stop somewhere, waiting for you. End of 52 End of Song of Myself End of Book 3 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Today's reading by Kara Schallenberg, www.kray.org. Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Book 4 Children of Adam. TO THE GARDEN, THE WORLD To the garden, the world anew ascending, Potent mates, daughters, sons, Preluding the love, the life of their bodies, Meaning and being. Curious here, behold my resurrection after slumber, The revolving cycles in their wide sweep, Having brought me again, amorous, mature, All beautiful to me, all wondrous, my limbs and the quivering fire that ever plays through them, for reasons most wondrous, existing I peer and penetrate still, content with the present, content with the past, by my side or back of me Eve following, or in front, and I following her just the same. FROM PENT-UP ACHING RIVERS from pent-up aching rivers, from that of myself without which I were nothing, from what I am determined to make illustrious, even if I stand sole among men, from my own voice resonant, singing the phallus, singing the song of procreation, singing the need of superb children, and therein superb grown people, singing the muscular urge and the blending, Singing the bedfellow's song, 
O resistless yearning! O for any and each the body correlative attracting! O for you, whoever you are, your correlative body! O it, more than all else, you delighting! From the hungry gnaw that eats me night and day, From native moments, from bashful pains, singing them, Seeking something yet unfound, Though I have diligently sought it many a long year. Singing the true song of the soul, fitful at random, Renascent with grossest nature, or among animals, Of that, of them, and what goes with them, my poems informing, Of the smell of apples and lemons, Of the pairing of birds, Of the wet of woods, of the lapping of waves, Of the mad pushes of waves upon the land, I them chanting, the overture lightly sounding, The strain anticipating, the welcome nearness, the sight of the perfect body, the swimmer swimming naked in the bath, or motionless on his back, lying and floating, the female form approaching, I pensive, love-flesh tremulous, aching, the divine list for myself, or you, or for anyone making, the face, the limbs, the index from head to foot, and what it arouses, The mystic deliria, the madness amorous, The utter abandonment. Hark close and still what I now whisper to you. I love you, oh, you entirely possess me. Oh, that you and I escape from the rest, And go utterly off, free and lawless, Two hawks in the air, Two fishes swimming in the sea, not more lawless than we. The furious storm through me careering, I passionately trembling. The oath of the inseparableness of two together, Of the woman that loves me, and whom I love more than my life, That oath swearing. Oh, I willingly stake all for you, Oh, let me be lost, if it must be so. Oh, you and I, what is it to us what the rest do or think? What is all else to us, only that we enjoy each other, and exhaust each other if it must be so? From the master, the pilot I yield the vessel to, the general commanding me, commanding all, from him permission taking. From time the program hastening, I have loitered too long as it is. From sex, from the warp, and from the woof, From privacy, from frequent repinings alone, From plenty of persons near, and yet the right person not near, From the soft sliding of hands over me, And thrusting of fingers through my hair and beard, From the long-sustained kiss upon the mouth or bosom, From the close pressure that makes me or any man drunk, Fainting with excess, From what the divine husband knows, From the work of fatherhood, From exultation, victory and relief, From the bedfellow's embrace in the night, From the act-poems of eyes, hands, hips and bosoms, From the cling of the trembling arm, From the bending curve and the clinch, 
from side by side the pliant coverlet off-throwing, from the one so unwilling to have me leave, and me just as unwilling to leave. Yet a moment, O oh tender waiter, and I return. From the hour of shining stars and dropping dews, from the night a moment I emerging, flitting out. Celebrate, you act divine, and you children prepared for, and you stalwart loins. I SING THE BODY ELECTRIC 1. I sing the body electric. The armies of those I love engirth me, and I engirth them. They will not let me off till I go with them, respond to them, and discorrupt them, and charge them full with the charge of the soul. Was it doubted that those who corrupt their own bodies conceal themselves? And if those who defile the living are as bad as they who defile the dead? And if the body does not do fully as much as the soul? And if the body were not the soul, what is the soul? 2. The love of the body of man or woman balks account. The body itself balks account. That of the male is perfect and that of the female is perfect. The expression of the face balks account, but the expression of a well-made man appears not only in his face, it is in his limbs and joints also, it is curiously in the joints of his hips and wrists. It is in his walk, the carriage of his neck, the flex of his waist and knees, dress does not hide him, the strong, sweet quality he has strikes through the cotton and broadcloth. To see him pass conveys as much as the best poem, perhaps more. You linger to see his back, and the back of his neck and shoulder-side. The sprawl and fullness of babes, the bosoms and heads of women, the folds of their dress, their style as we pass in the street— the contour of their shape downwards, the swimmer naked in the swimming-bath, seen as he swims through the transparent green-shine, or lies with his face up, and rolls silently to and from the heave of the water, the bending forward and backward of rowers in row-boats, the horseman in his saddle, girls, mothers, housekeepers, in all their performances, the group of labourers, seated at noontime, with their dinner-kettles, and their wives waiting. The female soothing a child, the farmer's daughter in the garden or cow-yard, the young fellow hoeing corn, the sleigh-driver driving his six horses through the crowd, the wrestle of wrestlers, two apprentice-boys, quite grown, lusty, good-natured, native-born, out on the vacant lot at sundown after work, the coats and caps thrown down, the embrace of love and resistance, the upper hold and under hold, the hair rumpled over and blinding the eyes, the march of firemen in their own costumes, the play of masculine muscle through clean-setting trousers and waist-straps, 
the slow return from the fire, the pause when the bell strikes suddenly again, and the listening on the alert. The natural, perfect, varied attitudes, the bent head, the curved neck, and the counting. Such like I love, I loosen myself, pass freely, am at the mother's breast with the little child. Swim with the swimmers, wrestle with wrestlers, march in line with the firemen, and pause, listen, count. 3. I knew a man, a common farmer, the father of five sons, and in them the fathers of sons, and in them the fathers of sons. This man was a wonderful vigour, calmness, beauty of person. The shape of his head, the pale yellow and white of his hair and beard, the immeasurable meaning of his black eyes, the richness and breadth of his manners. These I used to go and visit him to see. He was wise also. He was six feet tall. He was over eighty years old. His sons were massive, clean, bearded, tan-faced, handsome. They and his daughters loved him. All who saw him loved him. They did not love him by allowance. They loved him with personal love. He drank water only. The blood showed like scarlet through the clear brown skin of his face. He was a frequent gunner and fisher. He sailed his boat himself. He had a fine one presented to him by a ship-joiner. He had fowling-pieces presented to him by men that loved him. When he went with his five sons and many grandsons to hunt or fish, you would pick him out as the most beautiful and vigorous of the gang. You would wish long and long to be with him. You would wish to sit by him in the boat that you and he might touch each other. Four. I have perceived that to be with those I like is enough. To stop in company with the rest at evening is enough. To be surrounded by beautiful, curious, breathing, laughing flesh is enough. To pass among them, or touch any one, or rest my arm ever so lightly round his or her neck for a moment, what is this, then? I do not ask any more delight. I swim in it as in a sea. There is something in staying close to men and women, and looking on them, and in the contact and odour of them that pleases the soul well. All things please the soul, but these please the soul well. 5. This is the female form. A divine nimbus exhales from it, from head to foot. It attracts with fierce, undeniable attraction. I am drawn by its breath, as if I were no more than a helpless vapour. All falls aside but myself and it. Books, art, religion, time, the visible and solid earth, 
and what was expected of heaven or feared of hell are now consumed. Mad filaments, ungovernable shoots play out of it, the response likewise ungovernable. Hair, bosom, hips, bend of legs, negligent falling hands, all diffused, mine too diffused. Ebb stung by the flow, and flow stung by the ebb, love-flesh swelling and deliciously aching. Limitless limpid jets of love, hot and enormous, quivering jelly of love, white blow and delirious nice. Bridegroom, night of love, working surely and softly into the prostrate dawn, undulating into the willing and yielding day, lost in the cleave of the clasping and sweet-fleshed day. This the nucleus. After the child is born of woman, man is born of woman. This the bath of birth, this the merge of small and large, and the outlet again. Be not ashamed, women, your privilege encloses the rest, and is the exit of the rest. You are the gates of the body, and you are the gates of the soul. The female contains all qualities, and tempers them. She is in her place, and moves with perfect balance. She is all things duly veiled, she is both passive and active. She is to conceive daughters as well as sons, and sons as well as daughters. As I see my soul reflected in nature, as I see through a mist, one with inexpressible completeness, sanity, beauty, see the bent head and arms folded over the breast, the female I see. Six. The male is not less the soul, nor more. He too is in his place. He too is all qualities. He is action and power. The flush of the known universe is in him. Scorn becomes him well, and appetite and defiance become him well. The wildest, largest passions bliss that is utmost, sorrow that is utmost, become him well. Pride is for him. The full-spread pride of man is calming and excellent to the soul. Knowledge becomes him. He likes it always. He brings everything to the test of himself. Whatever the survey, whatever the sea and the sail, he strikes soundings at last only here. Where else does he strike soundings, except here? The man's body is sacred, and the woman's body is sacred. No matter who it is, it is sacred. Is it the meanest one in the laborer's gang? Is it one of the dull-faced immigrants, just landed on the wharf? Each belongs here, or anywhere, just as much as the well-off just as much as you. Each has his or her place in the procession. All is a procession. The universe is a procession with measured and perfect motion. 
Do you know so much yourself that you call the meanest ignorant? Do you suppose you have a right to a good sight, and he or she has no right to a sight? Do you think matter has cohered together from its diffuse float, and the soil is on the surface, and water runs and vegetation sprouts for you only, and not for him and her? 7. A MAN'S BODY AT AUCTION For, before the war, I often go to the slave-mart and watch the sale. I help the auctioneer. The sloven does not half know his business. Gentlemen, look on this wonder. Whatever the bids of the bidders, they cannot be high enough for it. For it the globe lay preparing quintillions of years without one animal or plant. For it the revolving cycles truly and steadily rolled. In this head the all-baffling brain, In it and below it the makings of heroes. Examine these limbs, red, black, or white, They are cunning in tendon and nerve. They shall be stripped that you may see them. Exquisite senses, life-lit eyes, Pluck, volition, flakes of breast-muscle, Pliant backbone and neck, Flesh not flabby, good-sized arms and legs, And wonders within there yet. Within there runs blood, the same old blood, The same red-running blood. There swells and jets a heart, There all passions, desires, reachings, aspirations. Do you think they are not there? because they are not expressed in parlours and lecture-rooms. This is not only one man, this is the father of those who shall be fathers in their turns. In him the start of populous states and rich republics. Of him countless immortal lives with countless embodiments and enjoyments. How do you know who shall come from the offspring of his offspring through the centuries? Who might you find you have come from yourself, if you could trace back through the centuries? 8. A WOMAN'S BODY AT AUCTION She too is not only herself, she is the teeming mother of mothers, she is the bearer of them that shall grow, and be mates to the mothers. Have you ever loved the body of a woman? Have you ever loved the body of a man? Do you not see that these are exactly the same to all, in all nations and times, all over the earth? If anything is sacred, the human body is sacred, and the glory and sweet of a man is the token of manhood untainted. And in man or woman a clean, strong, firm-fibred body is more beautiful than the most beautiful face. Have you seen the fool that corrupted his own live body, 
or the fool that corrupted her own live body? For they do not conceal themselves, and cannot conceal themselves. 9. O oh, my body! I dare not desert the likes of you in other men and women, nor the likes of the parts of you. I believe the likes of you are to stand or fall with the likes of the soul, and that they are the soul. I believe the likes of you shall stand or fall with my poems, and that they are my poems. Man's, woman's, child's, youth's, wife's, husband's, mother's, father's, young man's, young woman's poems. Head, neck, hair, ears, drop and tympan of the ears. Eyes, eye fringes, iris of the eye, eyebrows, and the waking or sleeping of the lids. Mouth, tongue, lips, teeth, roof of the mouth, jaws, and the jaw hinges. Nose, nostrils of the nose, and the partition. Cheeks, temples, forehead, chin, throat, back of the neck, neck slew. Strong shoulders, manly beard, scapula, hind shoulders, and the ample side round of the chest. Upper arm, armpit, elbow socket, lower arm, arm sinews, arm bones, wrist and wrist joints, hand, palm, knuckles, thumb, forefinger, finger joints, finger nails, broad breast front, curling hair of the breast, breast bone, breast side, ribs, belly, backbone, joints of the backbone, hips, hip sockets, hip strength, inward and outward round, man-balls, man-root, strong set of thighs, well carrying the trunk above, leg-fibers, knee, knee-pan, upper leg, under leg, ankles, instep, football, toes, toe-joints, the heel, all attitudes, all the shapeliness, all the belongings of my or your body, or of any one's body, male or female, the lung-sponges, the stomach-sack, the bowels sweet and clean, the brain in its folds inside the skull-frame, sympathies, heart-valves, palate-valves, sexuality, maternity, womanhood, and all that is a woman, and the man that comes from woman, the womb, the teats, nipples, breast-milk, tears, laughter, weeping, love-looks, love-perturbations and risings, the voice, articulation, language, whispering, shouting aloud, food, drink, pulse, digestion, sweat, sleep, walking, swimming, 
poise on the hips, leaping, reclining, embracing, arm curving and tightening. The continual changes of the flex of the mouth and around the eyes. The skin, the sunburnt shade, freckles, hair. The curious sympathy one feels when feeling with the hand the naked meat of the body. The circling rivers, the breath, and breathing it in and out. The beauty of the waist, and thence of the hips, and thence downward toward the knees. The thin red jellies within you or within me, the bones, and the marrow in the bones, the exquisite realization of health. Oh, I say these are not the parts and poems of the body only, but of the soul. Oh, I say now, these are the soul. A WOMAN WAITS FOR ME A woman waits for me. She contains all. Nothing is lacking. Yet all were lacking if sex were lacking, or if the moisture of the right man were lacking. Sex contains all, bodies, souls, meanings, proofs, purities, delicacies, results, promulgations, songs, commands, health, pride, the maternal mystery, the seminal milk. All hopes, benefactions, bestowals, all the passions, loves, beauties, delights of the earth, all the governments, judges, gods, followed persons of the earth, these are contained in sex as parts of itself and justifications of itself. Without shame, the man I like knows and avows the deliciousness of his sex. Without shame, the woman I like knows and avows hers. Now I will dismiss myself from impassive women. I will go stay with her who waits for me, and with those women that are warm-blooded and sufficient for me. I see that they understand me, and do not deny me. I see that they are worthy of me. I will be the robust husband of those women. They are not one jot less than I am. They are tanned in the face by shining suns and blowing winds. Their flesh has the old divine suppleness and strength. They know how to swim, row, ride, wrestle, shoot, run, strike, retreat advance, resist, defend themselves. They are ultimate in their own right. They are calm, clear, well-possessed of themselves. I draw you close to me, you women. I cannot let you go. I would do you good. I am for you, and you are for me, not only for our own sake, but for others' sakes. Enveloped in you sleep greater heroes and bards. They refuse to awake at the touch of any man but me. It is I, you women, 
I make my way, I am stern, acrid, large, undissuadable, but I love you. I do not hurt you any more than is necessary for you. I pour the stuff to start sons and daughters, fit for these states. I press with slow, rude muscle. I brace myself effectually, I listen to no entreaties. I dare not withdraw, till I deposit what has so long accumulated within me. Through you I drain the pent-up rivers of myself, in you I wrap a thousand onward years. On you I graft the grafts of the best beloved of me and America. The drops I distill upon you shall grow fierce and athletic girls, new artists, musicians, and singers. The babes I beget upon you are to beget babes in their turn. I shall demand perfect men and women out of my love-spendings. I shall expect them to interpenetrate with others, as I and you interpenetrate now. I shall count on the fruits of the gushing showers of them, as I count on the fruits of the gushing showers I give now. I shall look for loving crops from the birth, life, death, immortality, I plant so lovingly now. Spontaneous Me Spontaneous Me, Nature, The Loving Day, The Mounting Sun, The Friend I Am Happy With, The Arm of My Friend Hanging Idly Over My Shoulder, The Hillside Whitened With Blossoms of the Mountain Ash, The Same Late in Autumn, the hues of red, yellow, drab, purple, and light and dark green. The rich coverlet of the grass, animals and birds, the private untrimmed bank, the primitive apples, the pebble-stones, beautiful dripping fragments, the negligent list of one after another, as I happen to call them to me or think of them, the real poems what we call poems, being merely pictures. The poems of the privacy of the night, and of men like me. This poem, drooping, shy, and unseen, that I always carry, and that all men carry. No once for all, avowed on purpose, wherever are men like me, are our lusty, lurking, masculine poems. Love thoughts, love juice, love odor, love yielding, love climbers, and the climbing sap. Arms and hands of love, lips of love, phallic thumb of love, breasts of love, bellies pressed and glued together with love, earth of chaste love, life that is only life after love. THE BODY OF MY LOVE, THE BODY OF THE WOMAN I LOVE, THE BODY OF THE MAN, THE BODY OF THE EARTH. SOFT FORENOON AIRS THAT BLOW FROM THE SOUTHWEST, THE HAIRY WILD BEE THAT MURMURS AND HANKERS UP AND DOWN, THAT GRIPS THE FULL-GROWN LADY-FLOWER, CURVES UPON HER WITH AMOROUS FIRM LEGS, 
takes his will of her, and holds himself tremulous and tight, till he is satisfied. The wet of woods through the early hours. Two sleepers at night lying close together as they sleep, one with an arm slanting down across and below the waist of the other. The smell of apples, aromas from crushed sage plant, mint, birch bark. The boy's longings, the glow and pressure as he confides to me what he was dreaming. The dead leaf whirling its spiral whirl, and falling still and content to the ground. The no-formed stings that sights, people, objects, sting me with. The hubbed sting of myself, stinging me as much as it ever can any one. The sensitive, orbic, underlapped brothers, that only privileged feelers may be intimate where they are. The curious roamer, the hand roaming all over the body, the bashful withdrawing of flesh where the fingers soothingly pause and edge themselves, the limpid liquid within the young man, the vexed corrosion so pensive and so painful, the torment, the irritable tide that will not be at rest, the like of the same I feel, the like of the same in others, the young man that flushes and flushes, and the young woman that flushes and flushes, the young man that wakes deep at night, the hot hand seeking to repress what would master him. The mystic amorous night, the strange half-welcome pangs, visions, sweats, the pulse pounding through palms and trembling in circling fingers, the young man all coloured, red, ashamed, angry. The souse upon me of my lover the sea, as I lie willing and naked. The merriment of the twin babes that crawl over the grass in the sun, the mother never turning her vigilant eyes from them. The walnut trunk, the walnut husks, and the ripening or ripened long round walnuts. The continents of vegetables, birds, animals. The consequent meanness of me should I skulk or find myself indecent, while birds and animals never once skulk or find themselves indecent. The great chastity of paternity, to match the great chastity of maternity. The oath of procreation I have sworn, my Adamic and fresh daughters, the greed that eats me day and night with hungry gnaw, till I saturate what shall produce boys to fill my place when I am through, the wholesome relief, repose, content. And this bunch plucked at random from myself, it has done its work, I toss it carelessly, to fall where it may. One hour to madness and joy. One hour to madness and joy, O furious, O confine me not. 
what is this that frees me so in storms what do my shouts amid lightnings and raging winds mean oh to drink the mystic deliria deeper than any other man oh savage and tender achings i bequeath them to you my children i tell them to you for reasons O oh, bridegroom and bride O oh, to be yielded to you whoever you are and you to be yielded to me in defiance of the world O oh, to return to paradise O oh, bashful and feminine O oh, to draw you to me to plant on you for the first time the lips of a determined man O oh, the puzzle the thrice-tied knot, the deep and dark pool, all untied and illumined. O oh, to speed where there is space enough, and air enough at last! To be absolved from previous ties and conventions, I from mine, and you from yours. To find a new unthought-of nonchalance with the best of nature. To have the gag removed from one's mouth. To have the feeling to-day or any day, I am sufficient as I am. O oh, something unproved, something in a trance! To escape utterly from others' anchors and holds, To drive free, to love free, To dash reckless and dangerous, To court destruction with taunts, with invitations, To ascend, to leap to the heavens of the love indicated to me, to rise thither with my inebriate soul, to be lost, if it must be so, to feed the remainder of life with one hour of fullness and freedom, with one brief hour of madness and joy. Out of the rolling ocean the crowd out of the rolling ocean the crowd came a drop gently to me, whispering, I love you, before long I die. I have travelled a long way merely to look on you, to touch you, for I could not die till I once looked on you, for I feared I might afterward lose you. Now we have met, we have looked, we are safe. Return in peace to the ocean, my love. I, too, am part of that ocean, my love. We are not so much separated. Behold the great rondure, the cohesion of all, how perfect! But as for me, for you, the irresistible sea is to separate us. As for an hour carrying us diverse, yet cannot carry us diverse for ever, be not impatient, a little space. Know you I salute the air, the ocean, and the land, every day at sundown, for your dear sake, my love. Ages and Ages Returning at Intervals Ages and Ages Returning at Intervals, Undestroyed, Wandering Immortal, Lusty, Phallic, with the potent original loins, perfectly sweet, I, chanter of Adamic songs, through the new garden the west, 
the great city's calling, deliriate, thus prelude what is generated, offering these, offering myself, bathing myself, bathing my songs in sex, offspring of my loins. We too, how long we were fooled! We too, how long we were fooled! Now transmuted, we swiftly escape as nature escapes. We are nature. Long have we been absent, but now we return. We become plants, trunks, foliage, roots, bark. We are bedded in the ground. We are rocks. We are oaks. We grow in the openings, side by side. We browse. We are two among the wild herds, spontaneous as any. We are two fishes, swimming in the sea together. We are what locust blossoms are. We drop scent around lanes, mornings and evenings. We are also the coarse smut of beasts, vegetables, minerals. We are two predatory hawks. We soar above and look down. We are two resplendent suns. We it is who balance ourselves, orbic and stellar. We are as two comets. We prowl fanged and four-footed in the woods. We spring on prey. We are two clouds, forenoons and afternoons, driving overhead. We are seas mingling. We are two of those cheerful waves, rolling over each other and interwetting each other. We are what the atmosphere is, transparent, receptive, pervious, impervious. We are snow, rain, cold, darkness. We are each product and influence of the globe. We have circled and circled till we have arrived home again, we two. We have voided all but freedom and all but our own joy. O Hymen, O Hymene, O Hymen, O Hymene, why do you tantalize me thus? O why sting me for a swift moment only? Why can you not continue? O why do you now cease? Is it because if you continued beyond the swift moment, you would soon certainly kill me? I am he that aches with love. I am he that aches with amorous love. Does the earth gravitate? Does not all matter, aching, attract all matter? So the body of me to all I meet or know. Native Moments Native moments, when you come upon me, Ah, you are here now, give me now libidinous joys only. Give me the drench of my passions, Give me life coarse and rank. Today I go consort with nature's darlings, Tonight, too. I am for those who believe in loose delights, I share the midnight orgies of young men. I dance with the dancers, and drink with the drinkers. 
the echoes ring with our indecent calls. I pick out some low person for my dearest friend. He shall be lawless, rude, illiterate. He shall be one condemned by others for deeds done. I will play a part no longer. Why should I exile myself from my companions? O oh, you shunned persons, I, at least, do not shun you. I come forthwith in your midst. I will be your poet. I will be more to you than to any of the rest. Once I passed through a populous city. Once I passed through a populous city, imprinting my brain for future use with its shows, architecture, customs, traditions. Yet now of all that city I remember only a woman I casually met there, who detained me for love of me. Day by day, and night by night, we were together. All else has long been forgotten by me. I remember, I say, only that woman who passionately clung to me. Again we wander, we love, we separate again. Again she holds me by the hand, I must not go. I see her close beside me, with silent lips, sad and tremulous. I heard you solemn sweet pipes of the organ. I heard you solemn sweet pipes of the organ, as last Sunday morn I passed the church. Winds of autumn, as I walked the woods at dusk, I heard your long-stretched sighs, up above so mournful. I heard the perfect Italian tenor singing at the opera. I heard the soprano in the midst of the quartet singing. Heart of my love, you too I heard murmuring low through one of the wrists around my head. Heard the pulse of you when all was still, ringing little bells last night under my ear. Facing West from California's Shores Facing west from California's shores, inquiring, tireless, seeking what is yet unfound, I, a child, very old, over waves, towards the house of maternity, the land of migrations, look afar. Look off the shores of my western sea, the circle almost circled, for starting westward from Hindustan, from the vales of Kashmir, from Asia, from the north, from the god, the sage and the hero, from the south, from the flowery peninsulas and the spice islands. Long having wandered since, round the earth having wandered, now I face home again, very pleased and joyous. But where is what I started for so long ago? And why is it yet unfound? As Adam, early in the morning. As Adam, early in the morning, walking forth from the bower, refreshed with sleep, 
Behold me where I pass, hear my voice, approach, touch me, touch the palm of your hand to my body as I pass, be not afraid of my body. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. End of book four. Recorded on October 22nd, 2005, in Oceanside, California.